you can do anything and your body can do anything. And what size it is, is not a marker of athleticism or health or anything else. Working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis between walking those 10,000 steps, hydrating, making plant-based meals for our family, Pinterest-worthy lunches for our kids, spectacular date nights for our husband, and let's not forget climbing that corporate ladder, we're asked to do these things each and every day. So much so that often it feels like we are trying to balance on the high wire of life. So welcome to the High Wire Woman podcast hosted by me, Rosanna Brary. I'm an immigration lawyer, a mother to a teenage son, a wife, and an entrepreneur who truly believes that working women can have it all. Join me as I interview other high-achieving women, and together, let's learn about the skills and the fortitude that we need to create the happy, prosperous, and balanced life we so richly deserve. Hi, Wire Women. How many times have you looked at a magazine or looked at an actress in a movie or TV show and they look picture perfect, airbrushed, they wake up with their lipstick on, everything's perfect and great. Or you've read People Magazine that shows a celebrity has just had a baby and two months later, she's back to her normal weight. How many times have you looked at that stuff and just cringed? Well, today I have a really great guest, Katie Crenshaw. Katie has released pictures that have gone viral of women that don't look airbrushed and don't look perfect. And they look like me and you, even though we're perfect in our own way. So stay tuned. We've got a really great podcast coming up and I think you'll enjoy this real conversation with Katie Crenshaw. Hello, High Wire Woman. I'm super excited today. I have an amazing guest named Katie Crenshaw. Katie has built a brand around stuff that we generally don't want to talk about that is vulnerable and tough, but really super important. So back in 2019, and I'll have Katie give us the details of this, Katie and three other women released a picture of their bodies postpartum. And they look very different than what we see in magazines. Typically, think about the cover of People magazine after a celebrity has given birth, right? Two or three months later, and she looks perfect, and there's not a stretch mark, and her makeup's done perfectly. It's not reality, and we know that. But somehow, even though we know it, we try to hold ourselves to that standard. So I welcome Katie Crenshaw, who is definitely spun this in a different direction that's super interesting. So, Katie, welcome to the High Wire Women podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So Katie's the mom of three. She's from Atlanta, Georgia. And her website, katiecrenshaw.com, is really content surrounding mental health, body image, and feminism. And it's gone viral multiple times. It's reached audiences all over the world. It's been on Good Morning America, CNN, Inside Edition. And recently in 2020, she released a best-selling book, a children's book on body positivity. Thank you, Jesus, called Her Body Can. And Katie has a loyal community based on her authentic storytelling and her vulnerability. So Katie, thank you so much for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here today. Sure. So I am a mom of three. I had my first son through a previous marriage when I was really young. I was about 23 when he was born. And my second child from a subsequent marriage was born in 2015. And when she was born, I left the workforce, which was healthcare for me. I was, I was a medical assistant in labor and delivery for a long time. And I worked night shift and we just kind of couldn't figure out the 
childcare situation. Like most working moms can't after maternity leave. And it was kind of like, well, I have to go back. It's been eight weeks or whatever. So I can either go back or not go back. And I wasn't ready. So and neither was was Charlie, my daughter. So I stayed home and as a lifelong writer and photographer decided to start a blog as kind of a side creative project to fuel my identity because I knew that stay at home mom life was a little scary to me. And yeah, that's how my blog was born. I decided from the beginning that I wanted to talk about things that were more taboo and kind of the messier sides. It was kind of like when the rise of scary mommy was happening and like there was a, but you know, we still needed people that were speaking the truth during this like Pinteresty perfect dawn of Instagram. So that's, that's how I started. And actually my first viral article was about my daughter who was born with a, a large birthmark on her face. And it was kind of like my first realization of the expectations put on women starting from birth. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So tell me about this picture. So listeners, I encourage you, we'll put it in the show notes to look at Katie's website. It's called katiecrenshaw.com. But tell us about this picture that went viral in 2019. Yeah. So I was at a conference with several other creators who are also moms called Mom 2.0. And several of us were just staying in a, the same house and we were like, we should just like stand together with our shirts rolled up and like take a photo because we all had very different body types, but all were moms. And, you know, we all had the mom belly or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and, and yeah, we just kind of did that for fun. And we were like, let's all post it on the same day and just like post a, a cool quote. And I think our quote was something like women are fat and thin and tall and short and everything in between or something like that. And it just took off. And went viral. I mean, that's the short version. Yeah, it's incredible. So tell me about what that reaction was. I mean, it went everywhere. It's on Good Morning America and CNN. People Magazine says four moms show off their postpartum bodies in the photo. Even if we helped one woman, we would be happy. Tell us, this is very different reporting for People Magazine. I'm a big fan. I get it every week. I read it cover to cover. Yeah. But tell me, what was the response? Well, it was mixed as always, you know, it's usually the really polar sides of society that respond. Most of it by and large were moms that were so grateful to see themselves represented in that photo and happy that influencers were being more authentic in that way and not hiding the imperfections in our bodies that come with motherhood. You know, there's always a handful of people, mostly men, I'll say, who jump on to tell us that, you know, we're all unhealthy and we're all going to die of being fat or whatever they say. Um, <laughs> so there's always that. But like, by and large, just tons of messages from moms who felt less, you know, embarrassed and or more encouraged to not hide their bodies in the summer or whatever. It was always really great. Yeah, it's super, super interesting. Because I mean, every woman, whether you've had a baby or not, when it comes time to go on a beach vacation, like, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm always like, oh God, I have to wear a baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you go through this whole self-torturous act. And I mean, I would rather get a root canal than go bathing suit shopping. Oh, um, yes. Try-ons are, that's worse than anything. <laughs> painful, right? Just painful. But, you know, invariably when you get to the beach, I always say to my husband, there'll always be someone thinner and there'll always be someone fatter. So we just yep. have to embrace who we are and enjoy it, right? And it's taken me a good 10 years to get my head around that idea, but it's still, still very painful. So yeah, it's super interesting that this all went viral and you got all these comments and probably 
like you said, you know, you hear from the haters, but I would imagine mostly positive commentary. Tell us how you then took that movement to the next level. Well, I realized, actually, I went viral for another body positive postpartum vibe kind of post about a year before that, that photo. And starting then is when I really realized that there was like a gap in the conversation. As soon as I started to post real authentic words in photos about how your body changes after kids for me, you know, for me as a mom, that was my story. I realized that there was just like a real need for that discussion. The engagement on those posts was so much higher and I got so many messages. So I was like, this is something that we need to talk about more. And that was also kind of when it first started to trend. After I realized that, I tried to make it a point to talk about it more often in different ways and to talk about sensuality, to talk about body image, but also making space for the marginalized voices in the body positive community that are sometimes suppressed by, you know, thin cis white women. Just there's so many conversations to be had in that way. Later that year, I actually accepted an opportunity to run the New York City Marathon. And, you know, at 220 pounds and a size 16, I accepted it because I wanted to show my audience that you can do anything and your body can do anything. And what size it is, is not a marker of athleticism or health or anything else. So as much as possible, I I tried to stand on the shoulders of that platform and keep talking about it. And then as you know, a few months after the marathon, I partnered with another blogger and we wrote Her Bodykin, which is a children's book about a little girl in a bigger body who just basically lives her best life. Yeah. And that's so important. Thank you so much for writing that book. It just has annoyed me for decades how when you look at little kids' fashion and pictures mm-hmm. of little kids, every kid is super, super skinny. Thank God I have a son and not daughters. But when I look at the little belly shirts and the little Daisy Duke shorts on four-year-old, it's just really alarming mm-hmm. what we're putting on our kids. And I mean, I think we've come a long way in advertising and commercials in terms of showing all different types of bodies and sizes, but that's very recent, very, very recent. Oh, I agree. And if you look at children's literature or children's media in general, there's still very little representation of different body types and abilities and all of those things. Yeah. And it's really tough because, you know, when you are a larger size, there's so much moral judgment that goes into it. Like, oh, you're fat and lazy or you know, you don't care about yourself or things like that. And that is bias, right? I mean, that's what people think. And it's really hard to combat that, especially when you're a little kid. Oh, absolutely. And especially if you're a little kid listening to the adults around you speak that way about other adults, you know? Yeah, for sure. So what was the reaction like when Her Body Can came out? Tell me about that. When the book came out, what kind of commentary did you get? And tell me a little bit more about that. Well, we expected it to be, I don't know, we wanted to do it as kind of a passion project for ourselves and our child selves. And, you know, we hoped that our friends and maybe loyal followers would buy it and we'd make back the little bit of money we made Mm -hmm. to create the book. But it was instantly huge. Like it shot up the bestseller list on Amazon. And we were self-published, so that is really hard to do. We don't have the money that the big publishers have. And we were surprised. And then all of a sudden, we were getting contacted by press and Glamour Magazine put out an article about it like the first couple days. So it went really wild. We ended up doing the Kelly Clarkson show that summer. And it was not only 
something that mothers wanted for their daughters, but it was something mothers needed for their child selves. I can't tell you how many messages we got from moms who were like, I read it in my car after checking the mail and cried by myself. Like, Mm -hmm. I wish I had this as a little girl. Really resonated with women as moms, but also just as women. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I ordered it. I read it. I think everyone who has a kid in their lives should definitely get this book. It's called Her Body Can by Katie Crenshaw. You can Google it. It'll come up easy to find. But it's so important. And thank you for addressing a subject that has been taboo. I mean, your whole brand is based on really difficult things. And I'm not a very good podcast host if I gloss over the fact that you ran the New York City Marathon and we didn't even talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't, I I like, I finished it. You finished it. (laughs) I don't know that I ran it. (laughs) You finished it. On a scale of one to 10, how hard was it? One being a breeze, 10 being, dear God, I'm never doing this again. Oh, at least a 12. And, but <laughs> it was simultaneously the best day of my life. So I would, people are like, what's the best day of your life? I'm like, I know I'm supposed to say like the day I had my children, but finishing yeah. the marathon was, was the hardest thing I ever accomplished. So, well, congratulations. That's incredible. I'm one of those Thank people you. that look at runners with envy, like, wow, that looks amazing, but I'm not doing that. And no, I'm, I'm never doing it again. I would rather <laughs> recover from all my C-sections at the same time than recover from a marathon. Yeah, same. I did a 5K when I turned 40. That was mm-hmm. my big foray into trying to be an athlete and running. And <laughs> I love I love the whole idea. Like it looks so cool and you buy cool, cool sneakers and you're just running on a nice day. And yeah, I did it. It took me 45 minutes to run a 5K. Literally and I actually ran it two days after I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So oh my um, gosh. I did it. I will never do it again. But still, it was a really cool day. And one of my friends that I ran it with held hands with me as we crossed the finish line. It was just a beautiful moment. But oh, like you, awesome. no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, running is a lot harder than people think. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you have to learn. You have to like running from a very early age. Because once you start yeah. doing it as an adult, you're like, oh, this hurts way too much. Yes, I agree. For sure. So Katie, tell me and tell my listeners how we can find you, how we can follow you. Tell me the best place to look for all of your amazing content. My website is com, And then my Instagram is my most trafficked platform where I talk about all the different things I have my hands in. And it's just at Katie M as in Mother Crenshaw. So just at Katie McCrenshaw if you're one of the many people who think that's my last name. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for addressing such important issues that are generally taboo and you've made us a lot more comfortable with them. And I can't wait to see what's in store for you in the future. So thanks for being here, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the High Wire Woman podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or others, I hope you'll share it with a friend so together we can all stand that high wire of life. Make sure to subscribe or follow us on your favorite listening platform so you never miss an episode and follow us on social media at High Wire Woman for more information. Until next time, I'm Rosanna Berardi. Be sure to stay on that high wire of life.